0: Hello, hello, welcome to The VHive, your go-to podcast for all things women's intimate health. I'm your host, Hannah, here to discuss the many questions you've always had about your body, but never wanted to ask. Whether it relates to sex, chronic pain, trauma, relationships, healing, hormones, spirituality, and so much more, we are normalizing taboos, breaking down the complexities of the female body, and providing you with the information you need to take your health into your own hands. Today, I'm here with Dr. Lindsay Harper. She is an OBGYN based in Dallas, Texas, a mother of three and the founder and CEO of Rosie, an incredible sexual wellness-focused app and media platform that offers members a customized and dynamic mix of individual and group intimacy coaching, audio and written erotica, educational videos, a supportive online community, and so much more. So thank you so much, Dr. Harper, for being here. And I am very excited to learn more about Rosie and to share all of this information with everyone listening.
1: Well, thanks so much for having me. I'm super passionate about women's sexual health and I really am thankful for any opportunity I have to talk about it. So thanks
0: so much. Likewise. So I guess let's just start off by you telling a little bit more about yourself, your story, and how you kind of fell into this space and what led you ultimately to create Rosie.
1: Yeah, so originally I'm actually from Arkansas, so I'm definitely like a, not a big city person, um, to start with. And I always wanted to be a doctor growing up. And in college, I had some exposure to women's health when I worked as a labor and delivery tech. Um, so I was, you know, doing definitely like the grunt work of the, of the floor, but I absolutely loved it. I loved being surrounded by women every day. I love learning literally how magical our bodies are um, I am like a huge just science like nerd so there's just nothing about it that I don't love and so I knew then that I definitely wanted to be an OBGYN and that was confirmed for me during medical school um, when I was exposed to the surgical aspect of it you know you never know kind of growing up if surgery is going to be something that you're into or not but it's a, such an awesome part of being an OBGYN that I in love with as well as you know, birth and just developing long lasting relationships with women. So, the deal was sealed. I entered residency uh, and then private practice, which I was in for eight years, um, and really valued you know, all the things that um, I shared with my patients whether it was you know, building their family, whether it was helping them through a, a pregnancy loss or infertility, um, you know, menopause, birth control choices, sexually transmitted infection sort of, you know, diagnoses and and understanding more about that. I I love all of that. And what I came to understand is that the part I loved about it the most, honestly, was the education aspect and just really helping people not only to understand from a fact-based perspective what was going on, but also when we learn You know evidence-based and fact-based things about our bodies it erases the rest of the emotional like shame and baggage that we carry when we don't fully understand these things and so i loved that transformation um in my relationship with patients and um and then as the years went on my patients would start to share with me more and more about something that i actually hadn't been trained for which were their sexual health problems and so Mm -hmm. i was like man is this just me like did i all of a sudden inherit like a large population of women with sexual problems you know in my office or is this like a thing and and also why don't I know what to do for these women and why did I spend two weeks in a erectile dysfunction clinic as a medical student (laughs) but got zero training on about a women's sexual health concern as a women's health expert I mean it's my mind it makes me so mad and the fact that like we don't we're not we're so unaware of it we're not even mad about it that's what's so yeah. infuriating because whenever i point this out to other OBGYNs, i'm like do y'all know like the types of men's sexual dysfunction and the fda approved medications for that and they're like yeah it, these are OBGYNs and then i'm like what about on the women's side nobody knows
0: wow. and so
1: that's what i was like what I'm, in not the world is <laughs> I, I'm not surprised going on i'm not surprised in retrospect but at the time and still, I'm super upset about it and angry because it's just, its I mean, its it's just so infuriating. But anyway, so I thought, okay, well, maybe it was my residency program here in Dallas that they just didn't think women's sexual health was important. So maybe these other people do know what to do about it and just I don't. But that's not the case either. We just don't receive any formalized training in residency. And because of that, even though there's 43% of women in the world with a sexual problem, we are not talking about it we don't talk about it in the media we don't talk about it you know in medicine we don't talk about it amongst ourselves because we're not aware that there are things we can do to help and so i joined a medical society called the international society for the study of women's sexual health became a fellow of that organization and thought you know what if if this hasn't already been done like what why do i think it might be done in the future like i didn't really have any you know hope mm-hmm. <laughs> that if i didn't do it that it was going to get done and i was in a position to be able to to you know, do something that I felt like was really meaningful. So with that sort um, of fire, I um, left private practice and started Rosie in 2019 um, with the you know goal to really help you know, the 1.9 billion women in the world who have sexual concerns um, with evidence-based resources, and that's what we've been doing ever since day one. And I, can, I, it is hard to to be the founder and CEO of a startup, especially in this space. But I am so thankful for the opportunity. I love it every day. I love our team. I love the women that we serve. And I love really the progress that we're making, even in a short amount of time, you know,
0: mm-hmm. with with a small team. So it's very, very fulfilling. No, that's amazing. Thank you for sharing all of that. And you said one thing that really stood out to me, which I honestly resonated like a lot with, because you said that when you have the facts and the evidence to support the statistics of you know these different sexual health issues it really like helps to erase the shame and the stigma that a lot of women face and to me like that was the same thing that I experienced when I started this podcast I had pelvic pain and that was what really led me to want to start this podcast and when I started learning about the statistics of the amount of women that have pelvic pain I was like blown away by how common it is and how shameful it is at the same time, which is just like wild.
1: It's so wild. And the and the problem is because we don't talk about this stuff, every person who has this, or the majority, I'll speak I'll say that, think that they are like one of this small, very tiny, you know, maybe there's one other person or maybe there's like, you know, one person of women. It's like, what? No. Like pelvic pain, sexual pain, so incredibly common, but so shrouded sort of in silence, you know, and it's like, and, and that's, yeah, I would, it's so frustrating because if we can just tip that over on its head and everybody who has sexual pain can start talking about it, then, you know, that layer, just that ability to talk about it openly is so therapeutic for people, just Mm -hmm. like you've experienced where it's like, oh my gosh, I'm not like super weird and broken and I'm not doomed to a lifetime of you know uh, self doubt and you know and problems in relationships no like there's absolutely so many millions of women out there just like you there are evidence based ways that you can get help and you will definitely if if your desire is to have a fulfilling sexual relationship it is a possibility you know mm-hmm, so totally. i think that information can just change people's lives and you know i'm not surprised that it was the same for you but We've got to get it out there. So that's why I appreciate what you do so much. And that's a huge part of what we do is educating our users, but also educating physicians, educating investors, educating the media. You know, anybody who will listen really because of influence, truly, because it's like we you know, once people once the light bulb is on for people, they can see just how just number one, what a huge opportunity it is if I'm going to have a growth mindset. But also just like what a messed up (laughs) situation it is, you know? One hundred percent.
0: It's so messed up. And yeah. And I'm sure you've seen the same thing, which is like once you start talking about I mean, you've seen this for way longer than I have, but I really noticed that once I started this podcast, so many people that I knew and mutual friends and just the connection of people yeah. and the network of people started reaching out to me and being like, oh, I have this problem. Oh, I have that problem. What doctor should I see? What, you know, who should I see for this or for that? And it was such an eye opening moment for me, at least, because I just was like, wow, you know, yeah, this these these topics and these problems are so common and so many you know unfortunately gynecologists like don't really know what to do and and right. as you said like aren't trained enough in in these types of things so anyways <laughs> what you're doing is totally. amazing
1: well thank you but I've had the exact same experience which like people ask me all the time they're like so how do people react when you talk about this stuff you know because to you and me like especially after you do this for a while it's no big deal to go around talking about vulvas and vaginas and orgasms and you know all the things mm-hmm. but that's still shocks a lot of people mm-hmm. <laughs> and the thing is is it's the I've had the exact same experience which is after they get over like the initial just sort of surprise about the conversation it is like a waterfall effect like yeah. oh, in in every aspect of my life from you know people who we work with people you know in our in our user audience positions I mean like all the people in all the world we're all the same we all share these same really common experiences and also they are fundamental to who we are as people you know so it's not as if we can be like oh i'm not very good at basketball like who actually cares if i'm good at basketball but it does matter if i'm having like a chronic you know, health concern that is sexual in nature, because that affects really every aspect of my life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, without access to the resources, we need to solve those problems. My life is going to not be as fulfilled, as healthy as, you know, as whole as it could be otherwise. So that it takes more people like you to start these conversations because the, the experience is dramatic where, you know, many people will reach out and it's, it's such an honor, you know what I mean, to hold space for that, but also to connect those people with things that you know will make their lives better. I'm sure you've shared that as mm-hmm.
0: well. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. And so when it comes to Rosie, because I want to focus on, on Rosie and, and the yeah. company that you've built, but um, what like tell us a little bit more about, I know that the focus is really on – a wide variety of sexual health and wellness issues and topics and how women can really prioritize their sexual health, which is so important and also so overlooked. But share a little bit about what problems it solves and who the ideal customer is and what you've kind of seen within the company and the users and anything that you think would be interesting to share and and for us to hear about.
1: Yeah, so it's interesting when we, uh, when I first started the company, I was really focused on low sexual desire because that is the number one complaint for women, particularly when it comes to sexual health concerns, mm-hmm. and it's, it's quite messy as a physician to try to like piece together the recommendations for low desire, and I was like, you know, what if we put them in an organized and like expert-created way on a platform so that it made it just a really easy recommendation for physicians when they, you know, see four patients, eight patients a day with low desire, they could recommend rosie and and try to save these doctors time but also try to get these patients really high quality um information so that's really where we started but quickly we learned that oh wow like this is such a you know a treasure trove if you will of opportunity because not only do we not only is low desire such a common issue but there's so many other things that go along with that that play into that that you know sort of are are um seen alongside that so now we have you know lots of different resources on things from you know trouble with orgasm which is seen in about 20 percent of women trouble with sex uh, history of sexual trauma so if you've experienced trauma and you feel like you know you want to work on that we've created content with um therapist, both trauma therapists and sex therapists, um, we have content and resources and community and coaching for women who um, are currently undergoing or have undergone cancer treatment because there's lots of very specific resources needed in that community. We have menopause um, uh, paths, we have pregnancy, infertility, and postpartum paths. So, and this is the way that I've really come to understand sexual health as as I've you know worked with this company and on this problem for a number of years now, is that there's not one time in life or one instance where you or I or any other person really, not even just women, but people need sexual health resources. It's really something that comes up in different ways um, and and different lights throughout our entire life. Mm -hmm. And that goes from, you know, evidence based puberty and sex education when we're when we're little bitty um, all the way, you know, through our lifespan when we get to talking about sex and aging and, you know, sex sex in an older people like everyone deserves accesses to resource access to resources to support their sexual health and now really we're we're really proud to say that we've grown to you know incorporate anyone who is a woman or who identifies as a woman on the platform throughout their sexual health journey so um you know i i would love to just make it really concise but through our users and the the needs of our community we've really expanded um to really incorporate, you know, everyone. And that's that's been not only because of our users, but also of the doctors that are recommending Rosie to their patients.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's amazing also because when I was reading about Rosie, I saw that, that, you know, so many doctors are now recommending Rosie as a resource, which is so powerful because I feel like there really aren't that many resources like Rosie that exist and that really encompass so many different topics, but like all under the same roof. And one other thing you said that's so interesting and something that I think about a lot is the sex education component. And, you know, I've had so many conversations about this with people, which is like, I grew up in a pretty liberal suburban town and we, of course, like had sex education classes. But from my experience, and I think that this is a lot of people's experience as well, which is, you know, it's so focused on how to use a condom how to prevent a pregnancy how to what are stds and that of course is important but it's not focused at all on pleasure and oh yeah you know what feels good for you what feels good for the other person consent all of these things that when we actually grow into whoever we we are when we're older and you know become really like more evolved I guess in life and in in relationships and in our you know sexual um, being we start to struggle because it's like I was never taught about any of these things so it's like some people figure it out and then some don't and to have a resource like this is critical
1: well yeah and you know it's so it's been another example of the evolution of what we do but I am, I completely agree with you. Like, even if we might know about, you know, our, our periods or our lack thereof, or we might feel, you know, somewhat educated about contraception and STIs, I don't think any of us, like even us as, as physicians have have the full picture on all of that stuff just because of the lack of dedicated, you know, research in mm-hmm. these areas of women's health. But um, I think that there's such a black box when it comes to, you know, sex as a as an adult because of the lack of sex education. You know, my experience was um, in the South in you know, Catholic schools If you can imagine like <laughs> it was similar, mm-hmm. except there was it was a lot of like, you know, there was a, there were a lot of uh, other. Uh, you know, uh, religious overtones, mm-hmm. and they weren't even overtones, but you know, <laughs> demands as well. Um, and so along with that comes like like you said, like we we grow up as a company preaching, you know to to physicians who don't know this, to women who don't know this, that most women have orgasms through clitoral stimulation. Yeah, like that's a that's a news flash for a lot of people that I talk to who are coming to the platform or you know to, to positions that we serve because they cannot have orgasms through penetrative sex and that's like well that's the majority of women but we're missing that fact You know, and we men
0: definitely not, are not taught and that
1: yeah but not at all and it's clearly not portrayed in any of the um the you know the media or the movies that we watch or anything like that and so I, I just think there's you know there's such a lack not only of that for us as children but that in our collective knowledge base like Mm -hmm. one of the things that we're doing right now is on the platform is developing content for how to talk to your kids or your nieces or nephews or whatever about sex incorporating these ideas of consent and pleasure because when we as adults become empowered with this knowledge the next question is like oh gosh like how do I not do that to the you know, the people that are younger and how do I, how do I facilitate a positive relationship with sex and sexuality? Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, I'm learning these resources as a sex medicine provider, as an OBGYN, as the founder of Rosie, I'm learning along with our audience because we're at a place, you know, hopefully (laughs) fingers crossed that we're, you know, moving in the right direction, at least in some of these areas where we want to do better for our For our children and pleasure honestly is a part of that conversation and it starts when when children are young and they're touching their genitals and not admonishing them for that and you know, really providing some boundaries but also providing some guidance. Mm -hmm. Um so there's a lot of, of alternative ways to think about this where hopefully we can do better, you know, for the people that are coming up now than, than was done for us. Because once again, there's just so much opportunity in that space. And we do a lot of that on the platform for sure, re-educating women about their bodies. And then, and a lot of them watch, you know, watch these things with their partners, um, because it's much easier if guidance is coming, you know, from a third party than, For many people than directly from you when it comes to sexual communication because that can be such a challenge that's daunting for all of us when none of that has been modeled in a healthy way for us in the
0: past totally that's so interesting and so amazing and so also you mentioned low libido which is which was one of the main you know focuses when you first started rosie but of course is still i'm sure a big part of rosie's mission Yeah. yeah And um, when I was just doing some research, I think it's like the statistic is 38% of women Mm -hmm. suffer from low libido at some point in their life. Can you talk a little bit more about this and I guess how you must have obviously seen this in your practice and how does Rosie help women to address this?
1: Yeah, you know, this was really the, the spur for me in my practice was this specific issue that so many people were bringing to me and it was Literally I remember one day in my office, I remember the three people that I saw, like I remember their faces and their names and their stories and it was and this was already kind of simmering in my mind, but this day I was like, Okay, this is it. I'm doing yeah. it. But these these women literally back to back, three people in a row were like the the first patient was like, You know what? I ever since the birth of my child, I literally don't care if I ever have sex again. Like wow. she was like, I yeah. love my partner. It's not that anything's wrong with him. It's just, I do not care about it. And and it was causing her, like, she felt a sense of loss because she used to enjoy sex. She used to, you know, look forward to the pleasure that sex brought her. And also it was causing her relationship, you know, to suffer. And she was looking to me to be like, hey, like, you've helped me with this other stuff, including, like, you know, delivering my baby. <laughs> Where are you on this? You know and I'm like? Okay, you know, and I don't want to repeat the same lines that you hear, unfortunately, because of the lack of training, which are like drink a glass of wine or join the club or Mm -hmm. go on vacation. And I just felt such a sense of responsibility. And I'm like, Oh, my gosh, I totally hear you. I just don't know, you know, like what to tell you to do, but like, I'm going to, I'm going to try to figure it out. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, had a patient with a similar situation, the next one. And then the next, the third patient that day was on the younger side of things. And, um, she, she expressed to me that she had never had a desire for sex and that she felt like if she told anybody but me about it, that they were, they would look at her like she had three heads, like she felt, they each felt super isolated Mm -hmm. They each were kind of in a sense of despair and they were turning to me to like as a lifeline having not discussed this with anything else, with anyone else as their resource. And I'm just, I feel this personal sense of failure, like, I I don't know, you know, and so I was that day, I'm just like, this is baloney, like, and so that's really what spurred it. So then I went on to get, as I said, more training, and I became super passionate about this, literally read everything that I could possibly read, both in the scientific literature, but also in some amazing books written by some amazing people who are, are awesome contributors in the field. And I'm like, listen, the problem is not that there's nothing that anybody can do. It's just that nobody's really bringing these resources in like a convenient, interactive, really practical and, um, you know, integrated way that you can bring into your everyday life. And I'm like, we have this for everything else. We have this for exercise. We have this for weight loss. We have this for blah, blah, blah. And men on the other hand also have all of these resources, right? Available to them in terms of medications that are approved in terms of telehealth startups, you know, one after the other, like what's going on for women, nothing and so that was really where the idea was born and so whenever i was looking at the data i'm like okay what do we know that improves desire number one education just in and of itself education can improve sexual health and particularly low desire and the reason for that is because so many people learn that there's an idea of spontaneous sexual desire and this idea of responsive sexual desire and responsive sexual desire can be identified as low desire, but in fact, it's just sort of a different way of experiencing it. And what that means is that you need to, you know, involve yourself in some sexual cue, or for example, erotica, or some women just, you know, have, have sex or start, you know, with quote unquote, you know, foreplay or something like that. And they kind of get the get their response going to the stimulus and then they are excited about having sex. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit analogous to like going to the gym, like, if you are like, oh, Netflix, please, and just, like, more chips, no gem. But you go, and you're, like, start working out, and you're like, oh, my God, yeah. this is amazing. Like, what That's was so I thinking, you know? Mm-hmm. It's, it's like the, the pathway in the brain is actually super-duper similar. And so then we have to start thinking, okay, like, what are some ways we can support that? And one of those ways is very clearly erotica, which we also showcase on the platform. Mm -hmm. And we have, and when I say erotica, what that means to us is that it's in written form. So there's like stories that people can read and they're short, right? They're meant to fit into your life like if you're in the carpool line for example or if you're in the bath at night or if you you know do some before bed reading like erotica is the perfect the perfect idea for that or you can listen to it you know so for example if you are you know exercising or if you're driving or whatever so these the erotica on our platform is really fun it's really a cool way to explore new fantasies and like really bring sexuality into your life on a more frequent basis, but it's also used as a therapeutic tool, and we've been able to see that on, you know, when we look at the outcomes that our users um, are demonstrating, we have built um two standardized questionnaires into the platform where we can really track outcomes and see like rosie's really fun and i'm super passionate about it but i also want it to work and to make a difference in people's lives and so we when we go back and look at our data we see okay the interventions that we are offering including education including erotica are really making a difference when it comes to improving women's sex lives and that is most um you know most like widely demonstrated in the desire realm and and with the use of erotica we also were able to show that the more users use rosie The more improvement in their sexual health that they saw so not only was there just a positive correlation but it was also related to you know the time spent on the platform so that of course makes us so proud Mm -hmm. and allows us to continue to invest wholeheartedly not only in the user's experience but also in these resources that we know really do make a difference um, in the lives of the women that we serve the last part that's really important our tenants of cognitive behavioral therapy or CBT. Mm-hmm. So this is where we offer women through um, journaling exercises, through different types of prompts, and then also through the coaching aspect of our platform to really um, examine their thoughts about sex. And this, this actually comes up a lot for sexual pain Um, patients as well and how those thoughts in and of themselves are prohibiting them from you know making progress on their sexual health goals or on whatever other goals relationship goals life goals whatever and so the the practice of cognitive behavioral therapy which we really don't provide therapy on the platform but we provide these basic um, ideas and guidance um, then that can really change the trajectory as well and that's been well demonstrated in the data so we're really trying to take what we know from the research fields apply it in, in a uh, you know technology platform, so that women have very easy, convenient, private, you know, engaging access to the resources that we know work.
0: That's amazing, so interesting, and it's Thank actually you. crazy because I was just learning for the first time. This was even before I was introduced to you and your work. But I was at a wedding a few months ago, and um, have you heard of the company? I feel like you've definitely heard of it, Dipsy. Oh yeah for sure. So my husband's friend from college is the founder and I met her at this wedding and she was telling me about how powerful um, audio is in in like improving libido and just your sex life and the power of audio and I was just like blown away it was the first time i had honestly which is crazy but like it was the first time i had actually ever been explained and like understood how audio works in terms of you know sexual desire and i just ever since then i I've, i've really have found it to be so interesting and as you just explained you know, you have all the the evidence and the surveys and and the customer feedback showing you that it really, really works, which I think is crazy. And it's not talked about at all.
1: Right. I know. And that's the thing. It's like people, you know, I think when we come to our physician because of just the way that medicine works and the and the, the you know, the similar situation and men sexual health, I think people come to us looking for potentially a prescription or a procedure, or particularly hormones, which are not all bad, by the way, and there's plenty of times when we need hormones, but there are ways that we can intervene to improve our sexual health that involve no medication, right? So yeah. oftentimes we talk about as we talk about erotica as a prescription, you know. And I'm like, hey guys, it's cheap, it has no side effects, and it works, you know. Yeah. And so it's really hard to find anything else um, that's, and it's also fun, like it's engaging. Um, so it's hard to find, you know, something else with those. Um, true that. True data and those, you know, the lack of risks associated with it that can be so therapeutic. So that's a reason that I, just like you, I think that this should be talked about everywhere. Um, I think that it should be offered as a therapeutic category because you know it's it's safer and it's more it's much more approachable for people. So um, that's how I try to frame it for our users. Is like, hey, you not you might not want a prescription. Instead, think <laughs> of erotica as your prescription as
0: well. Well, I love that you know, people come to you, you're not in private practice anymore, but people come to a doctor, so to speak, and they think that they're going to walk out with a prescription and you're, and which usually that happens. And, you know, you're offering them something that, as you just said, is the complete opposite of a prescription. What I
1: did want to highlight that you're, you know, pointing out is that, when we think about sexual health, and really to me, this applies to all aspects of health, but I think sexual health really demonstrates it very, um, you know, pointedly. Is that you know a healthcare diagnosis the healthcare experience is always holistic it always involves the brain it always involves the body it always involves you know our knowledge base of what we how much we know about what we're facing and interestingly in sexual health it is a relationship aspect there is a relationship aspect as well and so when we approach you know our users on the platform and and our you know whenever i was in practice in real life we really try to approach it from that holistic aspect so just because we, we um, you know, talk about these, um, you know, CBT aspects and these uh, behavioral health interventions, we also recognize that there are medical issues associated as well. So just like in men, if you have heart disease, if you have diabetes, if you have a back injury or a pelvic floor injury, that will likely result in some sexual dysfunction, right? And that should not be discounted. Mm-hmm. You might have sexual dysfunction or low desire or trouble with orgasm from a depression or anxiety medication that you're taking, also extremely common. Yeah. So it's not to say that you know one is better than the other, but it's to really honor the whole entire experience and to say, before you try a prescription, shouldn't we also try these things that are less invasive with less risk? And the answer is yes. So it's not like we're a telehealth company doling out prescriptions we're you know we're a we're a behavioral health and um you know medical aspect company looking at the whole person really viewing sexual health in a holistic capacity because we know each of those components is super important to how we experience our own sexuality
0: Mm -hmm. yeah no 100 percent. as you said it's like even if there is a health issue, like an underlying health issue, why wouldn't you also offer something such as erotica to supplement whatever, you know, if someone does need a medication, like, but here are other things that can also be so helpful.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, that you hit the nail on the head with that. It's not an either or it's, it's more of a both and, and when I think about it, I'm like the majority of people actually just need these behavioral health interventions. And then a smaller portion need the medical intervention. So we can you know, really get to the majority of of people doing exactly what we do. And for the smaller subset of people, then we direct them in the direction. Just like when people reach out to you and they're like, what doctor should I see, blah, blah, blah. We do the same sort of stuff. It's Mm -hmm. like, okay, if you're having sexual pain, you definitely need to see a a specialist and you also need a public floor physical therapist. Right. So like those types of guidances as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And then when it comes to the behavioral health aspect, I know you also do coaching and group services on Rosie, which I think is so important. And I'm such a believer in, talk therapy and counseling and group therapy um as I mentioned to you before we started recording I am getting a master's in social work so I want to become a therapist and really focus on these types of topics but I just think that that's always such a helpful component of any sort of sexual health issue do you want to talk a little bit more about how Rosie offers these services and I guess what it looks like in in the app on the platform um, to do this type of coaching and group therapy with your customers
1: yeah I mean that's the thing so like that day when I had those three patients back to back what I really wanted to do is just keep them all in the room so I could be like yeah. hey look you got like it's all it's all of us like it's not one of you you're not super weird like you're you're totally normal and just really offering that that like it's not even level of support but just hearing other women tell stories that are similar you know in, to yours in in many ways right maybe it's the complaint maybe it's the feeling of of isolation maybe it's the relationship discord maybe it's the grief over the loss of you know the sexual relationship there's so many similarities that you know we all share but that we never have the opportunity to discuss and that's really you know the such a cool part of the platform because for the first time you know women come into these groups and they are allowed to be anonymous right so they can come in and not share their name not share their pictures or their video but they can share their stories and that is, you know, so powerful because for many people, it's the first time they've ever heard anyone open up about these things. And then the coaching sessions are led by Super Knowledgeable. They are coaches that have come from like the life coach school. So they, they have these, you know, thought modeling tenants in place along with extra sexuality training. So they're talking very openly about, you know, really approachable ways to discuss things like this with your partner or to talk to your healthcare provider or to change, you know, the way that you might be approaching an issue going on in your life. And so it's, it's awesome from not only, you know, the, um, the aspect of making progress, but also just lifting that weight off of people's shoulders and saying, this is a conversation that should be had. This is a conversation that I deserve to have. This is a conversation that, you know, everyone, everyone needs and deserves access to. And those, those moments, you know, in those group sessions particularly can feel just so magical for everybody that's involved. It's it's a wonderful piece of the platform that I'm really proud to offer because, you know, there's nobody really doing anything like that
0: specifically around these issues. Mhm. Yeah, no, it's it's incredible and it's just like it's so important I also feel for women because when they have the ability to connect with others who are going through something similar, it really allows them to feel like very much accepted and and right. seen and I think that that's something that also a lot of women struggle with when they're when they're going through these difficult health issues because like they don't as we you know kind of similar to to what we were talking about in the beginning they think that they're the only person right exactly Um, and they learn
1: quickly there that they they are definitely not the only person in fact there's you know millions if not billions of women you know in the same exact situation
0: Mm -hmm. no that's so awesome so important and another thing that i also have to share today um, is when i was just looking you know more into your background and and rosie and everything just preparing for this podcast i saw this amazing quote that you shared i forgot where i found it but i'm going to read the quote and then i want to ask you a question after but i'll start with the quote which says for men sexual health and overall health have always been linked at Rosie, our goal is to finally treat women's sexual health as a crucial aspect of their overall well-being and empower women to prioritize this part of their lives. Now that I read it, I definitely found it on the Rosie website. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the question that I have after I saw this, it, it, you know, and again, we spoke about the kind of discrepancy between men's sexual health and women's sexual health, but I want to ask if you have any advice for women listening and in regards to how they can prioritize their sexual wellness and how they can really make it a priority in their own lives to keep this aspect of their health along with any other aspect, whether it's, you know, like working out or going to therapy or meditating, like all of those things are, of course, so important. But I just, you know, this quote, like I loved it because it really made me realize that in all of the self-care I think that so many women kind of are now focusing more on which is great I it still to me seems and even in my life and and my friends lives and people that I speak with this sexual health component just isn't up there and I wonder what you would say to kind of help women get that aspect of their health into like the top five
1: yeah i mean i think that it's it's so interesting to think about like how has this happened why are you know why do we view this prioritization as like an obvious for men but not for us and and why you know how did we get here but that's a conversation for another day i I think if we're you know if we're if we want to um really lean into this which for me obviously as a as a sexual health advocate I I think it's such a powerful opportunity you know I I think the closest um the closest comparison is probably you know staying active and you know I hate to say exercise for the sake of exercise but just movement right moving our bodies we know that that provides us with so many health benefits physical health benefits and we know that it provides us with so many mental health benefits that's been very clearly demonstrated and we all I don't know that there's a person out there who doesn't at least have that knowledge base whether they're practicing that or not it's a Mm -hmm. different you know situation but we all at least have that knowledge and what I would offer is that the same exact benefits are true for sexual health but it's also really fun (laughs) you know what I mean it's like not only can we have those same physical benefits not only can we have those same mental health benefits we can also have a great time, experience pleasure in a very unique way that's only accessible, you know, in, through sex, through intimacy, through, you know, these pleasurable experiences. And not only do we have mental health benefits, physical health benefits, play and touch and pleasure benefits, we also have relational benefits, right? So if we're trying to weigh, like, what are where am I going to get the biggest bang for my buck out of my investment of time? It's sex. Like, that's all there is to it because it really positively influences every single aspect of our lives and there's and you can't argue with it the data is there it's just not it's not promoted right there's so much i would say just like discomfort generally as a society with talking about sex and so therefore it's not acknowledged by insurers it's not acknowledged by employers it's not acknowledged by healthcare organizations as this you know healthcare boon that it should be except for potentially in the men's space like so we're not somehow we're not having trouble getting coverage for viagra or for penis implants by medicare or you know like we've got a lot of coverage there so on one hand we're, we're recognizing that you know that sexual health is part of health on the men's side and that conversation just needs to be brought to a head not just for women but for all of us in total we really need to promote that because as soon as we're able to you know place sexual health in the context of health then we'll have so much more access to the resources that we all need in order to prioritize this in order to you know really uh, incorporate this into our daily lives in a way that's supported by our healthcare community so i think it's going to come you know from a grassroots efforts and that's the really that's the approach that we've taken. But over the last three years since I've been doing this, I have seen a shift where, you know, I'm getting invited to speak on digital health panels. So we're really starting to recognize that sexual health is a part of that overall health conversation. And I can promise you that was absolutely not the case when we first started a few years ago. And we are really the... You know the leader in digital health when it comes to sexual health, um, because we we positioned ourselves, you know, as as the the evidence based and physician recommended brand, and that's mm-hmm. really how we you know make all of our decisions for our users and for our platform.
0: Yeah, no, that's incredible, and I love how you said that that prioritizing your sexual health is really where you'll get the biggest bang for your buck, because it's so true. Like, there's nothing yeah. that sex doesn't kind of help with like it helps with sleep with energy with like hormone balancing with with so many things um happiness mood like there's just I feel like the list can go on on. and on and um when you put it like that it just that made so much sense to me which is just like this should be at the very top of of the list of priorities when it comes to self-care and and, you know, oh, your wellness routine, I guess, because yeah. the benefits that it has are way too many Um, in a That's good right. way. Yeah. In a good way. Yeah. And closely related to that is is the importance. And we also have touched upon this a bunch of times, but the importance of the mind body connection when it comes to sexual health and sexual wellness and how you know, Rosie really does a good job of this, which is prioritizing the mental and the physical and how closely right. related the two of those are. And um, I guess just in on that topic of, of the connection between mind and body, is there anything that comes to mind for you in terms of Rosie and sexual health and, and the connection that the two play together and how it's kind of like you really need to focus on both aspects in order to achieve like results is a bad way to put it but to just like have the best kind of um like outcome or like have the best sex life like yeah
1: exactly yeah so for me like somebody asked me a couple of years ago I think it was on a panel like if you could change one or if you could yeah I think it was change if you could change one thing about medicine like what would you do and my response was burn it down <laughs> like I just love think it it's so broken <laughs> oh my god and I agree I'm, I'm yeah I'm such I, I just have like a very jaded view I love taking care of women personally but there's so many barriers you know gosh mm-hmm. so many more now but um that um it's just it's so broken and so if we thought about like If we were designing healthcare ground up, like, what would it look like? And this, honestly, Rosie is my personal opportunity to do that, right? It's to say, like, if I wanted to design my own experience for truly any healthcare condition, what would it be? Number one, I would want to understand things inside out. You know, like, I want to know what's going on with my body, with whatever condition I'm experiencing. And I want to know what I can change in my everyday life without taking medicine, without you know, having surgery, whatever, 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 that can optimize that. And then if I still need more resources, I want to know what those are. And while I'm going on this journey, I want to be supported by people, right? By other people who are experiencing the same thing that I am and by, you know, experts who can sort of help guide me along the way. And that's exactly what we've done, right? And so that can be applicable to truly any, Healthcare experience. I think it's especially true for women's health because we do want to understand, we do need that extra support. Um, but I think it's applicable to all, to both men and women, and everyone. Everyone. So I think that you know, for me, that's really what we're doing. We're reimagining sort of what does that holistic experience look like, and how can we actually best serve a person, not like the insurance company, and not you know whoever might be involved in our healthcare decisions. But the person herself, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that that's really the way that we built it because we acknowledge, you know, to to our conversation earlier that there are multiple layers to every you know thing that we experience, especially when it comes to our sexual health. And how can we acknowledge that? And I hope, you know, obviously there's so much more work to be done, but I, I feel like we've demonstrated, you know, our approach to that, at least uh, the way the platform is now.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. No, I think it's that's so great. And I that's why I was really so drawn to Rosie when I found out about it is because there is such a large emphasis on the mental and the physical. And I mean, yeah. you know, and I know that like without the two, you're really not going to get very far in the long term. That's and right. Yeah. I think a lot of people learn that the hard way. And then the last question that I had to ask you since i just have you here today with all of the the recent events with the supreme court ruling to overturn rovers wade and just the really devastating effect that that has had already and will have in the future on so many women and families across the country. I just wanted to, and I, I, of course, this could be an entire podcast. This could be sure many podcast episodes. Um, But I just wanted to ask you if you have any wisdom or advice or thoughts for women who might live in certain states where they are affected by this.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I live in Texas, so yeah. we've been affected by this for... <laughs> For a while, um, and obviously, it's not getting, it's not going, getting any better. Um, So there's, you know, I think the biggest takeaway, because I would love to say, oh, like here's a great resource where you can find, you know, a provider who's, you know, still still helping women in a way that they need help. Or, you know, I did read that that TBD Health is is doing mail order Plan B um, at cost, and so there, and there are. I read that there was an HHS recommendation I think just today that pharmacies still continue to fill um, you know medications that might be used in early miscarriage or medical abortion so you know I think being aware of those resources um, is helpful but you know, things are so rapidly changing that if you're aware of those one day they may have changed the next day you mm-hmm. know so I think that's a bit of a challenge but I think the fundamental piece of thing comes back actually to the original part of our conversation which is that we have to be educated about our bodies, right? We have to be educated about when, is, when, is, when are we at risk for, for becoming pregnant? What are the viable contraception op- options that are effective and you know, accessible and don't and are not contraindicated for each of our healthcare concerns. And in the instance that you know unprotected sex happens and you want to uh, get Plan B, where can you get it? Uh, you know, I know there's a lot of people advocating for you know stocking up on on items like that. And then also, you know, what if if you do find yourself pregnant and in need of an abortion or you know for for whatever, who, who you know in, in any in any instance, what are the resources? And I know there are so many of us in. in these states that you know desperately want our patients to have access to the help that they need and I can think of so many instances in my career and I still practice as a hospitalist today um, where you know these procedures are absolutely necessary Mm -hmm. not to mention just reproductive you know freedom and agency Um, so it is it's a it's disheartening for obviously women everywhere it's disheartening for us as providers who the last thing that we need is another emotional stressor and layer for women not only emotional but financial legal like all of the things stressor for our patients who are already in really you know hard emotional circumstances right this is never this is never an easy situation and the last thing we need is you know other people sort of telling us what to do you know when yeah. it comes to providing care for our patients so we're all feeling we're all feeling it we're all in the same you know state of of anger and confusion and um, and you know I think the best thing to do with that which is happening but you know who knows what the outcome of it will be is just to take action to speak up
0: so mm-hmm.
1: um it's tough honestly I wish that I had some really life-changing uh, you know information to add here But I don't
0: No no that was very helpful And I it's for me it's just always Interesting to ask Especially when I have a doctor An OBGYN particularly When I was just preparing I was like I have to ask you this question Because anything that you have to say Is really just enlightening And interesting And shows that you know From a like A medical um, perspective—it's so, excuse me, fucked up. Like it's just, yeah, it's well, yeah. The
1: American College of OBGYNs released a statement in conjunction with, you know, like seventy-five other medical organizations about like the risk that this poses to women. And I do want to be very respectful because our our user base, right? We women come from all walks of life. We have very conservative, religious women on the platform who. Um, who need our resources just as much as, you know, the Mm -hmm. rest of the rest of the world does. And so I want to honor that everyone's, you know, context and experience is different. But but when it comes down to it, when we distill it down, this is a medical situation. And there's not really any argument about that. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like, that's really where the rubber meets the road. Um, And so, yeah, when you're talking about interfering in a way that is that is going to affect, you know the health of women negatively That's where you have
0: to draw the line 100% Yeah yeah com- I completely agree And I saw an article the other day That was just like So heartbreaking But it just showed this woman who had um, her, her baby you know the She was carrying a baby I think I think the baby was maybe like five or six months And the baby was going to Die and right. She I, and you might have seen The same article but Essentially, she wasn't allowed to have an abortion and she just had to wait. And she felt the yeah. baby having like seizures and she wasn't allowed to to have an abortion. She had to wait until the baby died in her and then maybe and then deliver it, which is just like when you read these stories, it's so heartbreaking. And as you said, it's like it's not even it's not even that wasn't her choice. Like, that's not a choice. That's a medical necessity.
1: Right. Exactly. And I mean, any any obstetrician that you talk to that's been in practice, we could share with you, you know, so many stories of situations just like that patient. And I can once again, like remember each of their names, each of their faces, Mm -hmm. each of their stories, each of their you know processes. And it's like that freaking sucks. You know, obviously, that's the worst situation anyone would ever be in. And then like even in my situation, like we we weren't able to provide abortions in that case either. And so my, you know, patients who needed those resources had to travel out of state. And this is way before, you know, yeah. this happened. Yeah. So it's it's been a problem, you know, in, in many states for a long time. But just to have to tell that patient, I'm sorry, you have to go to, you know, wherever in, in her situation and, and she in and the heartbreak because she's already in a terrible situation. She wants someone she knows, right? Yeah. She wants someone that she's spent time with and who knows where what her context is to be there for her, holding her hand during that situation and instead she's in a hotel with a bunch of people she's never met, you know, it's just, it's really, it's really sad.
0: Thank you for touching on this and thank you for sharing your insight. I really do appreciate it. And, um, this was such an interesting podcast. I don't want to have to end it on such a dark note, but truly it was so amazing speaking with you and just learning more about Rosie and the amazing benefits that it's having on so many women's sexual health and sex lives and just changing, you know, kind of problems that they're having into really big, like, I think learning experiences and these moments of like, wow, you know, whether it's the group coaching or the erotica or the power of audio, like whatever it is that really, or a combination of everything that really just changes their lives. Like, I think that that's so powerful and i mean i recommend rosie to everyone listening i'm sure a lot of people will download it um are there any i want you to share where everyone can find you and download rosie but before we get there are there any other resources that you have for for everyone listening whether it's a book or a podcast or anything that you love and and have to recommend
1: absolutely yeah i mean so my good friend Lori miss is a sex therapist m-i-n-t-z and she has written two books which were really like so influential in my journey one is called becoming Cliterate," and the other is a tired woman's guide to passionate sex and she's just fabulous and she actually is featured on the rosie platform and we gave a talk together this year to the at the annual meeting of OBGYN. so she's an amazing person with so much great information that's empowering Um, in both of those books. And then also, you know, like we are always talking about on the platform, um, like recommendation for toys and lube and all of this. And I'm always just, you know, saying all of the good things about Uber Lube. I don't know if any of your users are looking for things like that. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, that is a great product that's silicone-based. And then the last thing, I'm sure you know about this product, but for sexual pain um, patients and uh, and their partners, there's something called the O-Nut. Um, which i also uh really love yeah and that can that can be used to help with pain with deep penetration so you know we talk about different things that we love on the platform all day long but those are some of the ones that get brought up a
0: lot wonderful thank you and of course how can people find rosie download it and if anyone wants to contact you or contact someone at rosie how can they do so
1: Yes. Um, So you can find our website at meetrosy.com, M-E-E-T-R-O-S-Y.com. You can download the app in in either Apple or um, Google Play Store. You just search Rosie, R-O-S-Y. We should pop right up. Um, And then you can follow us on Instagram at meet underscore Rosie, um, and then my personal Instagram is at Lindsay Harper MD. Um, so um, we would really love to welcome any of your listeners into our community and really continue to amplify this conversation together because it can't stop here. We've got to keep it going if we want to see the progress that that
0: we want in the world. I could not agree more, and I will link all of the resources you just shared and all of the information about Rosie and where people can download and follow in the show notes so that. Everyone listening can just easily access that. And I think that's it. Thank you so much. This was so much fun.
1: I know it was so much fun. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Great to talk to you. And let me know if I can be of any support to you in your journey.
0: Thank you. I hope you all enjoyed this episode with Dr. Harper. Before we go, I need to share with you a very special offer that Dr. Harper and her team at Rosie are offering all v listeners. So they are offering all of you guys one month of a free silver membership to Rosie. You can redeem this offer by going to meetrosie.com backslash v That's meetrosie.com spelled M-E-E-T-R-O-S-Y. Dot com backslash vhive v-h-i-v-e and using the code vhive at checkout so again this is such an exciting offer i've been using rosie i've been loving it it's so interesting i'm learning so much and i hope that you guys check it out and use this code to get one month of a free silver membership please let me know your thoughts i can't wait to hear what you guys think one more quick thing for those who are enjoying this podcast finding it helpful learning healing growing all the things i have a huge favor to ask if you could please go to the itunes podcast app and leave a rating and review for the Vhive. it would mean the world to me these ratings and reviews i know everyone says them on their podcast and everyone asks for them but they really do help the more Good ratings and reviews a podcast has the higher it appears in the app when people are searching and it really really helps to just bump it up and get it to the top of the charts which is great for all podcasts so if you guys could leave me a rating and review leave the veehive a rating and review i would really appreciate it and i think that's it so thanks again for listening and i'll see you next time bye back.